The subject of this evening's talk is on awareness versus concentration. We might, in the looking at our mind and our state, states of mind, see and notice a tremendous degree of diversity. And this diversity of the mind shows itself in the frequent manifestation of various mental states. And these mental states which are formed and created and clung to in the mind, not only, of course, affect the way we see ourselves, but also affect the way we see the world, the way we see life, the way we see actuality. And so often, isn't it, we're looking at something out there, out there in in the world around. And we form various conclusions, it's like this, it's like that. When in fact, what we're actually referring to at that particular time is our mind state. And at times we say, whatever, this person makes me so annoyed, so upset, when it's our own minds that do it. Or this music is so boring, whatever it might be, when the music, of course, obviously is, is quite neutral. When, we, when the mind says something is really fantastic and far out and, and wonderful, and we, make, we form that conclusion, we create that idea, when really it's an expression at that time of our mind state, of, of the condition of our mind. It's not to say, of course, that the world around us is an absolute neutrality or anything like that. It, it contains its pleasant and its unpleasant as well. But so often the way that we refer to things in the world, the things of life, are actually we're referring to our mind. Then a person In seeing this diversity of mind and the movement and the ups and downs of mind and, and the unsettled feelings which, and movements which reverberate through us, begins to look, the thoughtful person especially, begins to look to see, well, is that, does it have to be like that? Is there anything else that one can do with the mind? And for some people, of course, this brings them to the field of meditation as, a, as it were, as an alternative to having a mind with its, with its ups and downs. And one of the questions which arises, and I would say probably this question arises more noticeably with people who have done a lot of meditation practice and who are 
well exposed to the practice, to the experience and application of meditation, one of the questions for such people which often arises is the situation of awareness versus concentration. And, and where is the relationship between those two? And as I say, for a person who is, who is just beginning me meditation, possibly, probably, the, the thought uh, with regard to this area has, has, hasn't arisen at all. But for people who have done practice over some period of time, this becomes quite a, a pressing question, one might say. And in the talk with you this evening, I would like to, to speak about this area. Firstly, if one looks at the, the area of concentration and what, what concentration is, and then, and then from that move into the, the whole field of samadhi, which I would like to speak to you about, um, consciousness and awareness, and this, this, this field, and, and try to explain as much as possible the, the, the differences and how it relates to a person's practice and observation. If one looks at the area of concentration, one sees that this is a very specific action of our mind. We find that in our daily life situation, we are obliged to concentrate on something. If I have a reading, if I'm reading a book, in that very time of reading a book, I exclude a great deal else and I concentrate on that activity. And I would be, of course, quite unaware of what else is happening around me, by and large. And, and of course, numerous other areas too require a certain concentration of mind. And we've all known and experienced how difficult it can be when we simply can't concentrate on something we want to concentrate on. In other words, our mind has become so diverse and, and scattered, we seem to be unable to get the focus together to concentrate on something. And this very scatteredness of mind, which is due, I would say, primarily, or one of the reasons, due to the way that we're pulled out, we're enticed by this, and we avoid that and pursue this, etc. And that frequency of movement brings in its wake this scatteredness of mind. And so we feel we need to be in life more concentrated. And, of course, coming into a meditation retreat, into a situation like this, one becomes rather aware of the degree or lack of it with regard to concentration. The very action of concentration itself is towards a specific object. And that specific object, whatever it is, means that there is a certain restriction which is taking place. I leave out a lot of other things and I focus very specifically on one particular item. Spot on the wall, a tip on the end of the nose, um, a mantra, or whatever it might be. In order for, for me to be able to actually do that, 
I find that in my action of concentrating on something specifically, I must use one area of the mind to make it possible. And that area of the mind which I must employ to concentrate is my willpower. To a greater or lesser degree. I must bring in my will. will. And in, in bringing in my will, I, I, I make a decision and I say, as in so many words, I will concentrate on this. And in the employment of that will, and the um, effort to concentrate on something, in doing that, and if I use my will in terms of striving, in terms of an exaggerated way, what one tends to find as a result of that is that the, uh, the other incoming sense data, sights, sounds, body sensations, movements of mind, thoughts, emotions, etc., become rather unacceptable to me. And so I, I, I concentrate exclusively, and these other mind states which enter into my field of consciousness, when I use a lot of willpower, these other mind states become unacceptable. And in the moment that they become unacceptable, owing to my attachment to being concentrated, I react on that mind state. And in that reaction on that mind state, the very reaction is the food or the energy which ensures the continuity of that mind state. And this is, of course, one, one of the dangers of concentrating on something and using willpower. Not only is that, not only is that, that danger of, of reacting, not a danger, but that, that the actuality of reacting and the continuity of those mind states. Not only uh, is, um, is there that at work, but in the actual concentrating on something and, and using willpower, there is this restriction of focus. So I, I, I'm restricting myself on one side and and also on the other side, or on the other way, I am resisting. I am resisting what else, whatever else might be coming in. But further too, in the actual action of concentrating, which can make a contribution towards quietening down part of the mind, one is really being, often being so exclusive in that concentration, that in, in being exclusive, Effectively, what is happening is that one corner of the mind is being quietened. One, one, one area, one bit of it, so to speak. And the rest of it is ignored. Is ignored. And it's quite possible, through that ignoring of the, the rest of this vast field called mind, temporarily it goes to sleep. It just goes to sleep. And one, of course, has a breather with, with a quiet mind, because in order for the arising of the, the noisy mind, the, all that vast field of, of mind, in order for the arising of that noisy mind, it must require contact of some sort. 
contact through eyes or ears, or contact meaning coming to, to contact with one old image or memory or movement of mind, and then up arises the mind state. Now, if one, I hope you can uh, fo follow, follow this. Um, now, if a person, in just sticking exclusively with concentration, may get used to having a very, get used for a period of time or times to having a certain quiet-mindedness. But that certain quiet-mindedness is within the restriction of that type of concentration. What it does for some people who concentrate too much, too, too long, it also seems to, to deaden the mind, seems to take the, the life and the vitality of mind. And this becomes apparent with some people who have kind of been using meditation for a long time as a kind of concentration exercise, and calling this meditation. In this focusing and using concentration and focusing on, on one single point, and particularly, I would say, in the Buddhist tradition, it's very, very noticeable, and in a kind of emphasis which is made in, uh, um, in, within the religion in, in, in the present time, there's, has been put an enormous amount of value on being focused, single-pointed, on a specific tiny point or object. And this is regarded as being of great significance, I cannot see why, a great virtue, or what, whatever, and the emphasis is put on that. I mean, to the, to the extent that someone once told me that um, a person can only consider, them consider themselves to have developed concentration if they can remain for a minimum of four hours on a single point without a thought. <laughs> well, good luck to you and me. So this, this, no, and, and I would also, if I may say, I would also rather add to that, if a person came and said, well, I've, I've managed to do this great uh, thing, I can now concentrate for four hours on a single point without a thought, personally, my response would be, so what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> so, this kind of emphasis this kind of emphasis on, on concentration, I, I, I feel, um, is not necessarily valuable, nor is it appropriate. I don't think it necessarily leads to any greater wisdom, insight, nor, in fact, does it bring about what is called in Dharma language, nor is it related to what is called, or the concept, samadhi. Now, did, now, again, this, for pe this kind of the emphasis in the talk is for everybody, but people of uh, practice will be, I think, can follow perhaps a little more easier. Quite often, in its, in its present usage, in its present appli application, there is this word which is taken from the East, which is called samadhi, and in the English language it's been translated as 
concentration. And it is said, further said that in order to get to some deeper levels or deeper levels of absorption, one must be concentrated, focused, one-pointed or whatever. And this is what samadhi is. This, uh, in this area, my own personal view is I have my doubts. Samadhi, in the, in, in, uh, with regard to what is samadhi, and I think perhaps people who practice can see and hopefully appreciate this more, samadhi is a mind which is in a state of well-being, which is calm, it's a mind which is steady and still and integrated, and, and there's a firmness about it. There's a firmness, an inner kind of firmness with that mind, a steadiness, a real steadiness of mind. And this firmness and steadiness of mind is called samadhi. And this firmness and steadiness of mind, through greater practice, development, understanding, and so forth, steadies further and further and deepens further within one's being. This is called samadhi. And this state, or this uh, yes, state, one might say, which is referred to as samadhi, doesn't really have anything specifically to do with being single-pointed on a specific object again and again and again and again. And there's no reference for, in, in the Dharma of the Buddha, I've never seen a reference to samadhi as this kind of staying on one thing and refusing to let the mind move. Now, if one's life is, is, tends to be very diverse in terms of being scattered and confused, and one experiences waves of the mind in whatever way they may manifest or, or appear, then it would seem necessary, wouldn't it, to develop in life greater samadhi. The development in life of greater samadhi is the development in life of, great, of greater inner calm, and quietitude and observation. And the mind gravitates more deeply inwardly, and the characteristic of, of, of samadhi is not that a person is um, kind of uh, jammed still and, and frozen like some kind of zombie going ar walking, walking around or, or whatever, but it's that state of inner stillness and, and quiet inner alert, alertness and calmness. And as I say, the, the actual deepening of that, which is non-restrictive, the deepening of that brings the individual to greater inner levels of absorption. Whereas this one, this kind of using of willpower and forcing and and these strong determinations, I will stay on this object, whatever that point may be, that, very, that use of willpower actually does the opposite. It either it meaning it either tends to deaden the mind instead of bringing a person to greater alertness, or it, it brings so much restriction on the mind that the mind can't breathe. There's no space. 
So it's this quietude of, of being inwardly, and as that level of calmness and well-being inwardly gradually comes and develops, the extravagant movements of mind gradually get less. And, and through the lessening of these extravagant movements of mind, there is greater inner absorption. Through that, that gradual inner process, which is taking place, which is non-restrictive, and which is very full, many, many of the numerous misperceptions we have about the world get correspondingly reduced. Because the mind is not oscillating from one mental state to the other, caught up in censoring and judging and approving and disapproving and saying this is bad and that is good, etc., etc., because of the develop inner development or coming to greater samadhi in this non-restrictive way, one is able to see things as they are. One is able to see things as they are and not as one imagines them to be, not as one thinks that they are. So this cultivation of, of samadhi, one then would ask, well, where does that lie in relationship to the practice? Where does that, in fact, lie in relationship to the type of meditations which we are doing here? Now, it seems to me that it would be a delight to be able to say on the first day to, to you all, to all of us, um, please um, come. Um, um, it's very valuable for you to be totally aware all day with non-restrictive samadhi, um, and there'll be a talk in the evening. <laughs> now, the, the, now, the actual, the actual actuality of, of that, if it was left at that, which would be ideally what one would like to, to, to say, I mean, life would be much easier up at this end, <laughs> but if, if in, uh, since the situation isn't really, isn't really like that, the actuality isn't really like that, then, basically, the way that we begin and develop as a useful way and as a kind of a useful uh, guideline is one in which there is a certain restriction taking place. There is a, a, a certain isolation which is taking place, trying, endeavouring to keep it as spacious as possible, meaning, in, this, in our case here, the, the ex full expanse of the breathing, the total breathing in and breathing out and experiencing the full expanse, trying to keep that as spacious as possible and gradually the expanding out further. So what in fact is, is taking place is the greater allowance for oneself to, to settle in, the greater allowance for oneself to be more clearly focused and one sees and experiences at a rather, at a somewhat restricted level, without using too much will and force and striving and pushing, but a kind of calm, detached observation of the breathing, and experiencing that and coming, coming to be more familiar with, 
with that calm focus on a specific area, knowing that, seeing that directly, and then expanding the, the field. So that in the actual expansion, expansion of the field itself, knowing it at a, a, a more limited level, to gradually coming to know it at a very total level, in the same balanced and ev as much as possible even way. And this is part, one would say, of the gradual development of, of, sam of samadhi. And in that gradual development of samadhi, which is, which is taking place leaving behind the restricted particular to, the more, to a more expansive field, in that development, as the samadhi itself, as a gradual process, develops more, one becomes more steady, as a result of that, the more subtle movements of mind and body and life become more apparent. We see so little because our mind is so gross. And when we're on a much more subtle level, with our eyes and our, and our ears and, and with, our, with our being, when we're on a more subtle level, with a more expansive field, we can begin to see much more, much more clearly. And all of this is in the, in the area of the development of samadhi, which gradually deepens itself. And basically, if we look at it from another perspective now, basically, as the practice itself develops and, and deepens in that way, the state of samadhi, one might describe it as a consciousness which is steady. The actuality is that the consciousness itself, of which thoughts and feelings and emotions and ideas and plans and memories and, uh, and sights and sounds, smell, taste and touch, all enter into its field, all make up its object, its content, the consciousness itself steadies, it, steadies itself more and more. And through the steadying more and more of consciousness, we see more clearly. There is greater awareness. I hope you can, um, can follow that. Let, let, let us look at it, try to look at it in, a, in another way to get a picture. Try, try, to, try, try to see through, right now, through with the practice. Sights and sounds come into our field. They're, right now they're coming into our field, body sensations are coming into our field. When the, when the consciousness is not, not steady, it tends to be, uh, tends to fluctuate or move from one thing to another. And, that, and there's that sense, in, <coughs> pardon me, sense inside of being muddled, confused, distracted, disturbed, as consciousness gets tied to some of its content. And it takes up the content, it gets tied to that, then something else comes in and it gets caught and it gets tied up with that and it just goes all, all over the place, determined, governed by the content. 
The meditation practice and the development of meditation or samadhi is one in which through being here and now, through being through steadiness and through greater calmness, this fluctuation of consciousness reduces itself. And in that gradual reduction, we see more. We see more clearly. And that seeing element, or seeing more clearly, that is called awareness. That is called awareness. And that awareness allows us, in fact, to see more clearly into ourselves and clearly into life. So in that respect, samadhi, well-being, calmness of mind, and steadiness, and so forth, through that, there comes about greater awareness in life. A much greater awareness than what we know. Now, through the, so initially there's a certain restriction which is taking place. This restriction is gradually being expanded. And through the practice which we've been doing here, to, here together, we've gone from the, the focus, the particular, to a more expanded field called the body. And that becomes, at the present time, our field of awareness. And through, through that, through that uh, awareness which comes, one sees basically that the content which comes into the field of consciousness is made up of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral sensations. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral experiences. And these we can see, we can observe directly. And that which we see and observe directly at that time is a content in consciousness is an object in the field of consciousness. Why call it me? Why call it me? If I snap my thumb, there's a sound. That sound arises in consciousness. If we've been together, looking at this situation together, if we are together, you would have heard that sound. It was a content in consciousness. Do you say, I just came into my ear? Why do it with the body? Why take up the body as me? So practice and, and greater awareness is such that it's towards seeing things more clearly as they are. To see, as the message says, to see body as body. To see that sensation, that which is referred to or labelled knee or back or head or wh whatever it may be, to see that clearly is a content in the consciousness. 
Now, to see that clearly, there's no assertion of it as being me or mine, but neither is there the rejection of it. There's a bare recognition of the actuality of that which is called body. And that element of awareness is the basic or the fundamental element or the element which allows us to see things as a content in the consciousness. You know, once the, the, the Buddha was asked about his practice, about his, about his awareness, and the person came, came to him and said, said to him, Sir, this, it is said that you, you, that you are free that you've come out of all confusion and you see the true nature of things. What is the realm in which you abide? What is that realm? And what is the realm where others abide? And his reply was, he said, the realm where others abide is this, is the realm, what he called the realm of Mara. The realm of taking things up as being me and mine, and adhering to that idea, and clinging to that idea, and living in that realm, and believing in it. And this living in that realm, and believing in that, he said, as a result of that, beings burn. They burn. That was the words that he used. He says, the realm of which I partake is the realm of awareness. And abiding in this realm of awareness, I do not take this up as me or mine, and by not taking this up as me or mine, I am not burnt. Hence, there is freedom and peace. So this element of, of awareness as such as a person's practice uh, and, develop, and development takes place, it is both, in fact, towards the particular, such as body, but it's also towards the totality, all things. And there, again, in fact, to see one thing clearly in life, to truly see something totally and, and clearly, to see and know something fully and clearly is to see all things. If there is real, real awareness there. But we're so blinded and confused through grasping hold of the characteristics, through taking up things as me and mine, we burn. So in our practice and in our, in our meditation, recognizing we're going from a restricted field to the vast field or to the full field, and in the actual process of doing that, not only recognizing that body or in its particular or in its totality is an object in the field of consciousness, but also mind and its movement. 
also mind and its movement. So when these various mental states arise, isn't it invariably, this is taken up as being me or mine. Oh, my worries. Oh, my fears. Oh, I am so happy. Oh, I'm getting somewhere. Oh, I'm really progressing. Oh, oh, whatever it might be. And so every men so the mind state which arises, a, which is a content in consciousness, is taken up again as me and mine. Is it? Is it just an idea? Is it just a form of clinging? Is it just a, a taking up? And through the taking up, of course, building an identity. Is it just the realm of Mara, the realm of foolishness? Or is the actual fact, is the actuality, when seen with awareness, that a mind state arises, a thought arises, an idea arises, a plan arises, appears? Is that the bare actuality which is happening? So there is a development which is taking place through a cultivated practice of learning to see things more clearly. And in learning to see things more clearly, this, the fields of meditation, the fields of practice, body, mind, life, are seen. And in seeing that, that, that is merely the the content of consciousness and comes about greater understanding, greater wisdom in life. Otherwise, we burn. Otherwise, in life, we burn. So really, in some respects, some respect, the beginning of the practice and the middle of the practice and the end of the practice is fundamentally concerned with an awareness of what is happening. Out of that awareness of what is happening, we develop, say, there might be an awareness of the scattered mind, we develop a certain samadhi. In the middle of the practice, there's still great there's samadhi, it gradually develops more, there's steadying and calming and inner absorption, still with awareness. Mind may become calm and clear, we see with awareness. Always seeing, more, always seeing clearly, and that very awareness itself is a very open doorway to reality. Very open doorway to seeing the primal truth of things. And in that seeing, there is peace. In that seeing, there is peace with life. Peace with all things. Peace with all content. Such is the message of the Dharma.
may all beings. Develop in awareness. May all beings develop in understanding. May all beings see the true nature of things. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.